We love that we get to record the Sewing Club podcast on Turrbal and Yagora country. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. Welcome to the Sewing Club. It's like a book club, but for sewing. I feel like we need to acknowledge that the last podcast episode was our first and yeah. now it's finally out in the wild and people are listening to it. Thank you very much for listening. Super exciting. So thank you so much if you've listened to episode one and we hope you enjoy listening to episode two. We have had some very kind feedback and we really appreciate anyone that's gotten in touch with us and we've created a couple of different methods of uh, sending in feedback. We have a feedback form which is linked to our Instagram and we've also created a Facebook group for the community because someone suggested it. Thank you for that. We created the Facebook group so you can share your makes and if you have any questions, people in the community will be involved. And if you're following along, sewing along and you're in the process of making the garment and if you have any issues or questions, you know, you're amongst the other club members that have made the pattern and I think that's the place to ask. I know that um, we had some comments, people asking more information about the um, underarm of the Zadie. So that's something that we can maybe put on there for people as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We did post that on Insta, uh, a reel, but um, we can definitely post a lot more of our progress. I was taking photos and videos while I was making most of the garments, um, just in case I forgot any of the details, but I'm quite happy to post those things in there if they're helpful as well. Yeah, me too. That's a great idea. And we also had some questions about hashtags. Yes. So the hashtag is the Sewing Club podcast. So if you're posting anything um, relevant to our episodes on the podcast, then please do use the hashtag. We'd love to see what you're making. Yeah. And for each individual garment, we'll make a hashtag, which will have SCP, stands for Sewing Club podcast, and then the garment name. So SCP Zadie jumpsuit for last episode and for this episode it is the SCP sagebrush top and that pattern is from Friday Pattern Company which is the pattern we're going to be talking about and reviewing today. Yeah it's a really great pattern. Love the sleeves. And we should mention that Friday Pattern Company have given Sewing Club listeners a 30% discount for the sagebrush top and the code you need for that is Sewing Club Podcast. Amazing, 30%. That's great. So what have you been up to, Gemma? Well, what have I been up to? Um, We've been pretty busy actually over at Sewing Gem getting ready for our Black Friday sales at Mm -hmm. the moment. It's always a big one for us. We're actually recording this on Black Friday (laughs) and um, we've had lots of orders coming in. So straight after this, I'm running over to pack orders, which I'm really excited to do. That's great. (laughs) It's great. It is great. We love the support. So thanks so much um, if you're one of those people that placed an order. And in other stuff, we've we've basically um, been branching out a little bit on a haberdashery. Recently, we've been stocking the Prim Creative Tool, which has been really exciting. Mm. It's great for putting in rivets and eyelets and snaps. So that's something we've been uh, pushing quite a lot and we've been really enjoying using. Um, yeah, that's Is it easy to use? It's very easy to use. Yeah, it's great. It's great. really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we've been busy too. This time of year is actually crazy. Every Basically from August to the end of the year, it is just really, really busy. And we've re- released a new product that has just 
blown us away with its popularity and that's the Fabric ID tape. It's actually something that we designed like years ago and it was one of those things that it's like maybe we'll put that into production one day and I mean I knew it would be useful I just didn't realize it would be so popular and um, yeah so thank you to everyone that has um, picked up a roll of fabric ID tape and that's really making us keeping us on our toes right now that's amazing I mean it's such a great idea really is yeah it's inspiring me to go and sort out my fabric stash right now (laughs) (laughs) I am actually using some of my fabric stash you know going through um, choosing fabrics for upcoming patterns for the podcast and I'm really happy to be back behind the sewing machine so yeah me too in actual fact my label I have to tell you that I used in my sagebrush top is from the stash which it genuinely was from the stash the the uh, first lot of fabric that I used for that was a dress for my little girl and I had enough left for the top so we can play matchy matchy (laughs) I really love your sagebrush top and I love that you've incorporated the scalloped edge from the fabric we'll talk a bit about that later but um Yeah, like honestly, sewing is why we started our businesses and I haven't really been sewing and having to make a pattern for the podcast has brought back my sojo and I I have plans for all these other things and I've started sewing other things as well and it's brought me back to my happy place. I completely agree. So previously I've always embarked on these massive great big projects that literally take me months at a time and this is forcing me to do much you know smaller projects that are achievable which actually give me clothes I can wear Kylie you know it's amazing (laughs) um so that's really exciting and I'm I'm enjoying you Mm. know wearing those now and and being able to say I made it so it's great I'm glad I'm very happy Mm. my wardrobe has been sort of sitting there and I haven't been wearing a lot of it because it's a lot of event wear and not a lot of basics and I love that we've been choosing patterns that are for everyday wear and that we actually get to make and wear our own clothes again. Yeah, we actually want to wear them there every day. We can put them on and enjoy, you know, wearing them. So it, it's great. It's it's a win-win, I think. Yeah. It's like we're building like a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. And we're hopefully going to take you on a journey and you can build up a wardrobe yourself with yeah. these patterns. So let's talk about the Sagebrush Top by the Friday Pattern Company. Yes. We spoke to Chelsea a couple of weeks ago and uh, we had some questions for her regarding her uh, experience and why she started Friday Pattern Company. And where the the pattern came from for the Sagebrush Top as well, which I thought was um, quite interesting. Yes. We're rehashing the darkish, not so distant past because this was a pandemic pattern. Well, I have sewn forever and then I went to school for fashion design, ended up kind of gravitating back towards like sewing as a career after college. And I had like a handmade dress business, a couple other just random things before I ended up deciding to make sewing patterns. And that's what I've been doing ever since. So I have a background from, you know, school, but I do feel like you learn a lot more in the trenches. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. So what is it about patterns? Yeah. Um, well, kind of disillusioned with the fashion industry, honestly, like while I was in school, just looking at uh like we had meetings with alumni 
who were telling us what they were doing. And it seemed really bleak and kind of not a lot of creativity, not very fun. Um, so sewing and fabric and kind of that creative, more artistic side of things was always what appealed to me. And I kind of went that route. I did work for a clothing company at one point, and I got to learn a lot from being in a small clothing brand, how complicated supply chains are and how if like one thing goes wrong on a production line, there's all this waste. It's so expensive and it just seems like kind of a miserable existence. So I love sewing patterns because it, you know, is a collaboration between my creativity and my customer's creativity, which is I think the most ideal because I love seeing how people interpret my designs and I get to bring them to a lot more people and have like a larger offering of size ranges and get to be more experimental with what I design. And I get to think a lot more about like the versatility of garments rather than imagining them as like existing only in the fabric that I originally pick out for them. So I love it. The sagebrush itself, is that when... In the order of when you released the patterns, it was one of the earlier ones, right? That was actually my first pattern that I had designed. Like I had designed it and made most of it just before the pandemic started. Like it was my first pandemic design. So it didn't even have like a proper photo shoot when it came out. I had to Mm. take pictures of it on myself. And yeah, it ended up being nice for that time of life because it is quite like boxy and modular and it's comfortable even though it's like you know it's got some pizzazz to it I think when I released it I was like looks great in zoom calls (laughs) it's easy to see why at that time it became super popular and um we did check out the hashtags there's over 5,000 posts so I would say that's pretty popular yeah the other thing to note is it's a really comfortable top to wear so when you're sat doing a zoom call you want to be nice and comfortable you know it's not really really tight fitting it's easy to wear and what other details does it have it has a elastic cuffs in the sleeve it's kind of like a a half length sleeve yeah would you say? yeah it's above I the elbow above the elbow um very voluminous but you don't I mean I've seen quite a few people that haven't necessarily put that elastic into the sleeve yes, yeah. and I, I think from talking to Chelsea that was kind of the key message that we got from her is that she's creating patterns that are quite versatile and she wants people to create them depending on their personal preferences mm-hmm. but also on the fabric that they're using you know we, we talked a little bit about the concentration of the gathers on the sleeves, for example. And yes. she said, well, it depends on the fabric, whether you want them right on the top of the shoulder or if you want to distribute them more evenly across the sleeve. And yep. it's really up to the, the person that's sewing it to, to make those decisions. Yep. And as for a top that's woven that doesn't have any darts, it actually works for a lot of different chests. <laughs> this is the real amazing thing about this pattern as someone that has to do bust alterations it's the easiest bust alteration that you will ever do in your life you are literally just adding because it's got a a fold in on the center front there you're literally just adding to that center front which will just turn into extra gathers to give you the the ease that you basically need yeah so it's an easy fit top in that it doesn't it doesn't fit across the bust tightly it has gathers that are above the bust and to reduce the amount of uh, space that is there you just reduce the amount of fabric and then reduce the gathers and then if you need to increase that space you just increase the gathers and increase the fabric there and it's as simple as that it really is just adding on you know I think I added on a, a centimeter so two centimeters in total when it was cut and yeah it was perfect and really easy to do 
And what size did you make, Gemma? I made the small. I could have made the medium. I was kind of between the two and I did end up having to make a few tweaks to it that means I probably should have just made the medium in the first place, Kylie. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have quite broad shoulders so I had to do a broad shoulder adjustment. Perhaps I wouldn't have had to have done that if I'd have made the medium but it was fine. I was, you know, able to tweak it and make it work. So I also made the medium. I kind of have a tendency, if I'm not sure, I just make the size that's a little bit bigger because I know that if it's a little bit too big, I'll still be comfortable in it and if it's too tight, I won't wear it, Um, especially with woven tops that have sleeves. But this is a really generous sleeve and the the arm sai, which is spelled S-I-C-H? Isn't it C-Y-E? S-Y-C-H, yes. It's spelled S-Y-C-H, isn't it? I'm I sure because I always I need to Google this. I was always reading it as I'm psych. You're probably right. I just want to check. How and it is very generous arm size. So there's very good movement in your arms. Like some woven tops are fine when you're sitting with your arms down, but this one has a lot more space. S C Y E. You're right. S C Y E. S C Y E. Okay, it's got a generous arm size. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds silly. <laughs> it's arm psych forever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just call it the arm psych. That works. <laughs> we all know what we mean, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like there's lots of um, sewing terms that for myself, I'm reading them in a pattern. I don't, I haven't learnt from a, from a teacher. I'm just reading it as yeah. it's spelt. Like, you know, you've got. Toile is the classic the one. Toil. The toil. Or the toile good- as it's meant to be pronounced. We love a good got, toil. What else is there? You've got like, um, yeah, the arm sigh, which is spelt psych. Yeah. And uh, what about even like um, like muslin, muslin? Like yeah. How is that? I'm- and let's be honest, we're not focusing on the pronunciation when we're making our sewing patterns. Exactly. We just we're just trying to get a garment. A garment out of it. But do feel free to correct us if ever we say anything incorrectly because we like to, you know, try and (laughs) say these things correctly. So Friday Pattern Company is run also by another one-woman show, Chelsea, and she's in Northern California in the United States. And I actually have been following her for a really long time. I've had this pattern but I hadn't sewn it. Eek! I mean, there's a long list of those for me. But I saw that she's just released this – this jacket or it's like a pullover jacket. It's called the, I might be pronouncing this wrong, pogonip, pogonip. <laughs> I'll let you do this one. <laughs> pogonip. <laughs> I should have checked that before the, we, we, we got here. Anyways, I can't it's help really, you. It's a really cool pattern and it's like you pull it, it's like a cool pullover with like elasticated things and you can fold it up and it's got like a pocket on the back of it that it all folds up into. No way. Like a packable I need to look at this. Okay. Over thing, and I, I think, it, yeah, it's just been released last week. It's really cool. Okay. But we're totally out of season. I was going to say we might have to wait a few months for that one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So we spoke to her a lot about the printed pattern. When you print out the pattern, there's these extra little, I'm going to call them motivational notions. Rippy is the main one, and then those other ones are kind of like made after. There's the pinheads. I feel like they have their own personalities, is that right? (laughs) They do, yeah. The sewing machine has glasses, so he's like the wise one. The wise one. (laughs) And and, then Rippy is like the motivational one? Yeah, Rippy is the motivational one. He's like the most kind of upbeat and chipper one, and he shows up the most, so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't we know it? (laughs) 
He's my favorite. <laughs> I just this is like one of my favorite things of about your patterns. And because we print patterns here, I see them. They're always so nice. Oh, I love that. You yeah. brighten up your day. Fun to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have patterns with personality on the actual pattern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They just add a little charm. Yeah, little rippy and button guy. It was, it's cool and it makes you smile and, you know, reminds you that you're doing this for fun, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes, it is. And that is one of her um, values is that her patterns need to be, they need to be fun and customizable. And she likes the instructions to not be, you know, or the construction of the pattern to not be too fiddly or to have too many parts that can go wrong. Just, you know, an ease of sewing to get a completed garment and I feel that when I make these patterns and you know it doesn't again have any zips any buttons it it, there's no real tricky fastenings which is often the thing that can slip people up there is a lot of gathers there's a lot of gathers yeah you need to be (laughs) down with the gathers but you know it's good to have um, at least one skill to you know really build upon when you're you're uh, making a a pattern of course Um, it's very hackable it is very hackable I mean yeah there's so many things you could do I mean when I made mine I didn't use the elastic on the sleeve because I was using a broderie and it had a scalloped edge on the bottom of the fabric and that worked really well I don't particularly like elastic around my arms so I prefer I think you know with the climate that we live in in Brisbane it makes more sense to have a billowy airflow so um, I was I was happy about that but um, another thing that I did was I added like a little capri hems a little slit at the side seams just by maybe three or four centimeters Um, that's a nice nice finish yeah, it just added a little point of difference. It's what just, is a capri hem? I, like if you were just telling me and I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't know what that is. So, so it's just it? a little split at the side. You'll often see them on sort of three-quarter length pants mm. um, and it's just like a little gap in the hem, I suppose, like that's not sewn, that, that's open by maybe three, four centimetres. Yeah. And it's meant to be worn sort of over the top of something so that's visible rather than be tucked in. Absolutely. I knew I wasn't going to tuck this in. I knew – so I actually shortened mine quite a lot yep. um, and then added the capri hem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to wear it with like, you know, shorts or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. I I shortened mine a lot in the, in the length. I think I took out, I don't know, like seven centimetres and it's still very tuckable. And I think I will always tuck this in. I, I'm a tucker in general. And I would be, but because my fabrics are broderie, it's quite thick. Mm. And I knew if I was tucking that in, uh, it would feel quite lumpy. Whereas I think the fabric that you've used, Kylie, it's perfect for tucking in. Yeah. And this fabric was, oh, it was so gorgeous to sew with. It's a cotton viscose blend from the fabric store. And it's, I don't know, it's like the beauty of sewing with cotton, which is very stable, but it's got that drapiness and the lightness and the flowiness of the viscose. If you are sewing with something like this, you need to make sure you've got a really sharp needle because it snags very easily. But, you know, you should probably change your needle every new garment anyway. Did you slightly reduce your stitch length or was it okay? It was okay once I changed the needle. Yeah, okay, cool. And it's black so it's more obvious than, you know, a lighter colour that they'd be pulling. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. I don't do a lot of prints but I saw this hat print And it kind of, I don't know, because of this top being very kind of feminine, I thought the black with the hats kind of gives it a bit of an edge, but it still gives it that like feminine energy because they're like ladies hats. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, Mm. it's really good fun. I haven't worn mine out in the wild yet. 
Oh, okay. I've worn mine quite a few times, actually. I just feel like we've missed the boat with our weather. It's yeah. just been so gross <laughs> it's and fun, sticky here. It, it's funny you say that because I actually wore mine to my my children's swimming carnival, which was a stinking hot day, and I mm. literally sat by the pool and dripped into it, and I thought, yeah, maybe I won't be wearing this again. <laughs> yeah, it's good <laughs> to have those garments April. for, yeah, the cooler months. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to talk about was the ruffle, and, again, it comes back to, to Chelsea you know, saying this, these are very versatile patterns. She wants people to wear them as they, you know, they'll be so they'll be comfortable. I find that because I do have a bigger bust, I didn't want my ruffle to sit too high on my chest. And actually Marina at Sewing Gem, she'd already made the pattern and she said, I moved mine down slightly and I, I much preferred it slightly lower. So I think that's something to think about when you when you hold that yoke piece up, think about where you want your ruffle to sit. I moved mine down by three centimetres. So it was kind of much lower down on my chest and I yeah I felt much happier wearing it that way. I didn't make any mods to my ruffle I found it sat in a good placement for myself the only other mods I made was to shorten the sleeves and I did put the elastic in my sleeves and I did that after I'd already tried it on without the elastic and I don't know I might take the elastic out and I think I might be able to wear it still now because if you do get a bit more airflow I think you know we've got a bit of summer left that you know I think I'll be able to wear it. Definitely. You could definitely still wear that if you, yeah, maybe if you release the sleeve and increase the airflow, mm. you'll, you'll get another month out of it, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that powder blue color of your embroidery because usually it's all white. Did you find it in that color? No, I actually dyed it. Did so, you? So yeah, I, I love embroidery. You'll probably notice this on the podcast because I seem to keep coming back to it. Yep. But you're right. Everything I had made is always white. And originally that fabric was for a dress for my daughter. So I wanted to make it in another color. Um, so yeah, I dyed the fabric and kept the leftover piece, which obviously became this top. But light blue is also my color. I need to branch away from it because I seem to make a lot of things in light blue. <laughs> yeah. So with the first with the first two episodes, we've both gone away and picked fabrics and made our items and we've come back and in two episodes in a row you've made a light blue thing (laughs) and I've made a a black and white thing so we are going to make sure that next time we are stepping out of that comfort zone and we're going to make some different colors watch this space I reckon it will be a bit more exciting (laughs) it won't be light blue and black we promise (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like the photos from the first episode and the photos from the second episode they look the same because (laughs) we're wearing the same colors but that's okay we just you know it's okay to have you know your colors that you stick with but we'll try and get a little bit more variety absolutely and it's good to recognize these things you know because it's um yeah variety is the spice of life right (laughs) exactly and that's the thing about this pattern because you made the pattern I made the pattern and then you styled your powder blue broderie sagebrush with some white pants and they looked very summer afternoon barbecue type of thing and I made mine with the black and then I tucked it into a dark denim long skirt and that's more like I don't know, going to an art gallery yeah, or something. It was or awesome. It's just a different, yeah. a different vibe, and yeah. it's just that's the beauty of the patterns because you can take that pattern and you choose your fabric, you make it how you like, and it's a completely different look. And that's why we sew, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. making things that one fit us, but two are also to our personal taste. You know, we can make those changes that make it exactly what we want. 
Another tip I did want to give, which I found made a real difference, and because I do or have sewn with a lot of broderie, is that I actually got a much lighter weight blue um, fabric to do the binding on the neck. Because if you imagine trying to do that in the broderie, that might sound really obvious, but if you were just to cut it out of all of the broderie fabric, I think it would have looked quite lumpy around the neck. Mm. So I used like a really lightweight cotton voil that I dyed in the same colour, luckily, to just do the binding and things. And that went on really well. Well. So That's if you are smart. a broderie fan, it's definitely worth having that little uh, trick up your sleeve because sometimes doing things in broderie can be quite bulky. Yeah, it's a bit lumpy in places. And holy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do you do you cut it in a certain way so that you're not having the big holes at the side or what? what? No, I just cut it. But one thing I did do, which took me absolutely ages and halfway through late on a Saturday night I did think to myself why on earth am I doing this was I bound all the seams because I didn't want to see the overlocking through the holes and you know once you start those things you kind of (laughs) you're committed so that meant that the top took me a lot longer than it probably should have but the finish is divine I'm so happy I and did no it now. no one's going to see the overlocking stitches, <laughs> not even you. Let's be honest, nobody would have noticed the overlocking stitches, but I would have noticed them, so I'm happy I did it. It's all about what you're comfortable with, so yeah. that's all that matters. I actually, because my fabric was really light and the pattern had five-eighth-inch seam allowance, which is quite generous, I ended up doing like a flat fell type of seam because it just sat nicely. And I even did it in that ruffle section, which I probably wouldn't recommend doing because that was a little bit of a pain. Okay. Um, but for most of the seams, oh, not the arm sleeves, I overlooked that as well. But, I mean, the arm psych. <laughs> we should probably this ask my Google. Yeah, should we ask Google? Google yeah. pronunciation. Is I it did, getting hot in here now, by the way? I did flat fell seams for the most part and it was a really nice finish. It's so totally not essential. I guess I had the time. Actually, I have to admit, my confession is that I just didn't want to change my overlocker thread. (laughs) But it looks really good as well. Like, you know, I think it looks better than, and you could almost do French seams as well. Yes, you could definitely do French seams with this one. What about the pattern? Did you find any pieces that were tricky at all? For me, I didn't find anything super tricky. No, I think it was all really straightforward, Mm. actually. Um, The back on mine didn't lay as flat as I wanted it to. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it was the weight of the tie or if I could have done something different there. Yeah, um, I, mine too. I think it is just the weight of the tie because those the back yoke is in two pieces and it sort of splits in in the centre and that that's necessary so that you can get it over your head. And you don't have to use the tie. You could use like a, like a loop and a button in its place and that would probably be less... Um, bulky or like less heavy or you could adjust the neckline to be slightly lower so that you could actually just pop the top on over your head without needing that opening in the back for next time if you didn't want that. I do have a bit of a a curve in my top of my back as well so I wonder if maybe I should have taken a little bit out there might have might have helped maybe if there was less fabric there but I mean it's not something that really bothers me that much to be honest it's a very small thing yeah exactly right yeah Yeah. hairs out yeah (laughs) I found yeah to me like the only part that was a little bit tricky I suppose was gathering because the gathers are right there on the center front so it's really important that you take your time with those, especially the ruffle. So you've got, first of all, you've got the ruffle, which is a double layer 
fabric gathering and then you've got the gathers underneath the ruffle and if you don't pay attention to them you could end up with some weird draping when you wear the garment so I think for me that's probably the part that you want to pay the most attention to and also the gathering on the sleeve because the sleeve is meant to be voluminous and it has gathers basically probably the top two-thirds is gathered um, but we talked to Chelsea about that and it's it's basically personal preference if you want to have the gathers like pushed all the way to the top so you've got more of a puffy cap on the on the sleeve or if you want to have just a a nice wide voluminous sleeve you could kind of distribute those more evenly yeah I I decided I wanted that sort of statement sleeve if you like and push my gathers up as much as I possibly could on the top of my shoulder and I'm really glad that I did that I like that look yeah but um like you say it's personal preference isn't it yeah and you could you know take some volume out of that sleeve if you didn't want it to be that voluminous and if you didn't have quite enough fabric you know if you're trying to jigsaw puzzle the pieces onto fabric that you don't quite have enough of you could always take a little bit out of that sleeve and it would still be voluminous yeah absolutely yeah you could totally Mm. do that I have seen a lot of hacks of this pattern. Yes. So what are your favourites? Well, there's a lot of dresses Mm. and there's a lot of different ways I've seen people do that. And the way that I think is the easiest and also just looks really effective is just extending the main bodice piece and then I've seen some people add another ruffle onto that. Cool. I like the sound of that. And it looks really nice. It's balanced out with the sleeves. I saw people that took the sleeves off. I was going to ask, that was going to be, because, you know, obviously living in Brisbane, it's always looking at a garment and thinking, what can we do to make this more wearable in the mm-hmm. summer months um, when you're more likely to wear dresses, I suppose, or tops. And I think that taking the sleeve off would take something away from it somewhat, mm. but could definitely make it a lot more wearable. Yeah, I saw a few different versions of people taking the sleeves off and I think they, this is my assumption, that they've made the front bodice and the back bodice and then they've just used a pattern that they know fits them well and then cut, like they might have laid that pattern over the top of that bodice so they've kept the ruffle detail and they've just done the the straps sort of like how another pattern might be. Great idea. I like that. And yeah. just finished with bias. Take and that ruffle. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because the ruffle is really like that de- that fun detail and that's yeah. still there and you can tell it's a sagebrush but it's a, it's a different version. And I also saw one that I really loved and it was a square neck top. Oh, I love a square neck top. That yeah. sounds like a great idea. Yeah, because yeah. you wouldn't need to do any opening at the back either. No. And it was and and squares kind of on trend at the moment as well. Yeah. I think we need to talk a little bit more about the gathers and the mm. method that we use because yep. Chelsea doesn't say to do a row of gathering stitches outside of the seam allowance, but I know some patterns do say to do that. Yes. What did you do, Carly? Well, that well, I'm familiar with doing. Most patterns that I've read have like two or three rows of really long stitches next to each other and then they're gathered and somewhere in between those rows is the actual seam allowance. The stitching line. The stitching line, yeah. And I think for me it's kind of a safety blanket because you've got these two rows and you can adjust them by hand and they're sitting how you want them to sit and then you're just – and those rows are holding it in place and you can stitch in between them and then release those um, basting stitches. Um, and this pattern is 
it's kind of different. In- it is. And I, I think the key thing with doing that extra row of basting or long uh, gathering stitches outside of your seam allowance is just making sure that your fabric isn't going to end up with permanent holes. Mm. But mine's already got holes. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided I'm like you. I like that safety of knowing that those those two um, lines of stitches really, ho- I find, hold the gathers really straight. Yes. So when you're stitching them, they're not going to go one way or the other way. And I, I've generally got much better results doing it that way. Yeah. So I did a little test to see if my fabric was going to have like little pin marks, if you like, mm-hmm. where the, the needle's gone in once I took the gathering stitch out. Um, and it didn't. So I went and had a did it that way for the ruffle on the front yeah um but yeah I think that's the key thing isn't it just making sure your fabric's not gonna end up with permanent holes yeah I mean I guess if you had silk or some really fine yeah. fabrics it might leave a hole that you like holes that you that are a bit unsightly mm. and it is right there in your chest it, it, but yeah I prefer to do do the safety blanket way. <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> um, so just to clarify, in the pattern it just states that you do the gathering stitches and then you basically sew, I guess, right over the gathering stitches, um, which means you can't remove them. But, you know, obviously that works as well. So yeah. if you want to do it that way, do it that That's way. That's fine, yeah. If it works for you then by all means it's yeah it's it's a great way of doing it as well it's just you get used to <laughs> the ways that you know you tend to do things it's it is a safety blanket as you say <laughs> yes and i also saw um long sleeves which would be quite easy to do you could just extend them or i think it might take a li- i think in most cases they've taken some volume out of it to make it a long sleeve or maybe they've tapered them yeah so all the way down to the wrist yeah, yeah. okay nice well i've seen all all variations. sorts. Yeah, okay. But I, I love th- going through the I think the, the three-quarter would be really yeah. good actually, yeah. And I've seen people, instead of doing elastic on the cuff, they have made like a, a, a woven cuff oh. um, and then they've done gathers at the bottom of the sleeve and they've made a cuff that fits them how they like whatever ease they like in that cuff around I their arm that. and then they've stitched that on. Now, that's like a really nice detail. It does take a, a while to do that but it does give a really nice finish and you know that that elastic feel on your bicep isn't going to annoy you if that's something that you don't like. Yeah, it just gives a really professional finish and looks very kind of expensive. I love that idea. I think it looks really kind of classy. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Oh, honestly, I was going through this the hashtags and just looking at all these hacks and I was getting very inspired. Um, and I think Someone what... flipped around the opening to the front as well. So no way. it was just like... Yeah, the ruffle's still at the front, but I think they use the back yoke as the front or they've modified the front yoke so that the opening is at the front so that it kind of – you could tie it at the front or you could just sort of leave it open. Yeah, okay. And that looked nice as well. well I can imagine that would look great. Yeah. yeah. And I saw lots of different variations with the front ruffle. So I saw someone made a scalloped one, like a, like a sewn scalloped one, or you could do like an overlocked scallop. Well, that's that's effectively what mine is because it's the edge of the broidery. So mm. mine isn't double. Mine is just the bottom edge of the broidery, yeah. which should save me some time, which I, I, I was thankful for when I was binding all the seams. Um, but, yeah, super easy. And and I guess you could also lengthen that ruffle as well. Yes, if you wanted a slightly longer ones. ruffle than you could, I don't know if you'd want to shorten it, but you could definitely, yeah. definitely. And then I saw some people using trims like lace. Piping. Yeah, there's just so many options. You know, you can take this base pattern and create many different garments out of it. You can make a dress, you can make a top, 
you can change the look. And I saw people actually love the sleeve so much that they've used this sleeve on another pattern as a mashup. I do love these sleeves. I would totally do that. Yeah. I'm, I, fe- I thought they were going to be restrictive. Not at all. In the armpit, yeah. or, but they're not at all. They're, they're really generous. And I, yeah, I find it just a, like a winner. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a great top. I think I would, I would really like to make another one in a more sort of like slinky version like yours, Mm. you know, that kind of like drapey fabric, I think is, yeah, maybe the next, the next one I'll add to my long list of things I'm going to sew. I think I'm going to unpick the elastic and wear (laughs) the sleeve without the elastic in it, because I think, I think it's just more me. Yeah. Even though I do like the look of it being like puffy and in the photos that we share, it has the puffy sleeve, but I think, in reality, I think I'd prefer it more without the elastic. Yeah, yeah. The way you did yours with the scalloped edge, I saw some people made the elastic not sit at the hem, but they they sort of had the elastic sit above maybe the scallop, like five centimeters above the scallop. I thought about that doing so that. Nice. I did think about that because I was like, oh, when I put this on and I've made it, am I going to be happy with big? drapey sleeves which I was but my my plan b was going to be to put some elastic in above that scalloped edge like a a channel almost but yeah above not on the very edge Mm -hmm. how would you do that would you you add a casing yeah I guess you could use binding on the inside I didn't give it too much thought but I'm just thinking about it now I guess yeah if you were to sew where you wanted that elastic you could totally just create like a binding channel mm-hmm. um, and feed it through and feed it through I, the other way maybe, I haven't done it but maybe you could even just sew the elastic directly on and stretch it out as you sew and zigzag it and zigzag it on mm. yeah would that work yeah, yeah totally yeah that would work I'd need to play you know yeah test first <laughs> test. always test first because you never know how it's going to come out never go straight onto your garment true and if you are going to be pulling elastic and sewing fabric onto it, it's going to react very differently with different fabrics. Like if I used my fabric, it would just it would yeah. back up and it would like retract and it would be all very tight. But if you did the broidery, you'd probably have to use thicker elastic, pull it tighter to get the same effect. And the other thing to think about with the broidery is that it has holes so you might see the elastic. Oh, yeah. So maybe the plan A was just better. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't think you should change anything about okay. that because it's perfect. <laughs> we'll keep it as it is. <laughs> And we what can, about the name? The, the name. sagebrush. Oh, yeah. A, a North American shrub. Yes. I didn't know that. It's a <laughs> Californian it native. <laughs> yes. Very cool. We don't have that one here. No, we don't. I wasn't familiar. I did a bit of Googling. Yeah. What does it look like? <laughs> uh, just kind of like an, a plant that would grow in arid kind of conditions and a sagey kind of colour. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. How long did it take you to make yours, Gemma? It took me longer than it should have to make it simply because I decided to bind all the seams on the inside of the garment and there's quite a few of them obviously. I also hand stitched the hem so I did a few things that meant it took longer than it needed to. I reckon if I'd just made it as per the instructions I would have been looking at sort of four to five hours Mm. but it was probably in excess of like six or seven by the time I've done all of that. (laughs) So worth it. Yeah, so worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of fun was had. (laughs) Loved it. How Um, about you? Oh, well, (laughs) if I had made it in a vacuum, (laughs) I could have made it in a couple of hours, but I was at home on the weekend with my children and... Enough said. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I did it in small sections at a time Mm -hmm. and it probably took me two days. Yeah. One thing I just wanted to mention as well is the sleeve. Because it has so many gathers, 
it's a really easy sleeve to set in if you're just starting out and you haven't done many set-in sleeves. Yes, yeah. and what is a set-in sleeve? Well, exactly. And and some sleeves can be quite hard to fit in because you're trying to make you're trying to ease a sleeve into an arm sigh which is smaller, but you don't want it to look like there's gathers. Whereas with this, it needs to look like there's gathers and you just need to push them all up to the top of the sleeve head, yes. which means if, you know, you're not familiar with kind of just gently easing in a sleeve, yes. it's, it's, it's just way easier. Yes. Um, and it's a good place to start, I yes. would say. Because a set-in sleeve, say on a button-up shirt or any kind of woven shirt that has a separate sleeve, it usually is a tricky thing to do because you are trying to put a bigger thing into a smaller hole without having any puckers or gathers or anything like that. Except this was pleasurable, I would say, pleasurable set-in sleeve because there was no worry yeah. about that. It was just about making sure that the gathers were in the position that you want it to be in and making sure that nothing's getting caught while you're sewing it. But actually pinning it in place was easy. So easy. And I've definitely had situations where I've not found setting in a sleeve easy because you don't want it to look like the sleeve is actually bigger than the, than the hole that you're trying to set it into. So it was, yeah, very pleasurable, I agree. And a really good place to start if you've not done many sleeves, I would say. What label? Because uh, you told me oh, earlier that yeah. you put the from the stash label in yours because you chose something from the stash. Two reasons why I chose that label. Mm -hmm. It was from the stash, genuinely. And it also had the perfect light blue in it that matched my fabric. So it just kind of looked good. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, it does match. I'm mm -hmm. seeing it now. It looks very, very nice together. And I chose the For Me, From Me That's label cool. with the little bow on it, which is from our festive bauble, the blue one. And I love that label because I'm taking time out of my life to sew something for myself. So, yeah. Great message. Great Thank colors. you, me. Yeah. Well done, you. <laughs> Let's rate the pattern. Let's see how many sewing club stamps we're going to give it, Kylie. Okay. Well, we have a few different categories. The first category is uh, size inclusivity and I gave it a five. Yeah, me too. It goes from an extra small to a 7X you know, encompasses a wide size range there. And there's a lot of ease in the pattern too. Yep. So yeah. And a great. lot of e easy fitting adjustments. Absolutely. And, and advice in the pattern on how to make those easy adjustments as well. So yeah, it, it, um, yeah, it covers a lot of sizes. Yeah. And the drafting was really good. What did you give it Gemma? I gave it a four out of five. Me I thought too. it came together really easily. Well drafted pattern. Yep. Yeah. Love those sleeves. Yes. Uh, and instructions. Also a four. I put, again, great that the common pattern adjustments uh, were included in those instructions for people. So it covered um, lots of problems that people might have when they're trying to fit it. So a really clear instructions. Yep. Great. And I love those little notions. Yeah, they, they keep us smiling. <laughs> Price. Um, we got either a $1 sign, $2 sign or $3 signs. Mm -hmm. um, um, I was thinking $2 signs. Yes. Um, and, I, and that goes down, of course, if you're using the 30% yeah, discount. That's going to make a big difference, absolutely. <laughs> Difficulty. So two out of five, I think it's a really straightforward yeah. pattern. 
came together again, as we said, easily. No fastenings, really, exactly. apart from the tie. Um, and like the Zadie, I think if you uh, haven't made any garments before, that if you had this one and followed the instructions, that you would be able to come out the other end with a finished garment. So I'd say it's very beginner-friendly. Probably the hardest thing, as we said earlier, is the gathers. And yep. I think, um, yeah, if you if you master those, then you're, then you're winning. Mm-hmm. So overall, we give this pattern, the sagebrush top, Four out of five. Sewing club stamps. Woo! Now, Sally, our podcast coordinator, is going to tell you about the pattern for next time. Hey, guys. So the next pattern that the ladies are reviewing is the Sea Dress pattern by Marsha Style and the fabulous Therese has given us a 20% discount on this pattern. So just pop in Sewing Club Podcast to receive 20% off this wonderful pattern. Ooh, thank you. Mm -hmm. 20% off. That's great. The C address is a little bit more advanced than the patterns we have done, but we're going to get through it first and tell you what to expect. Yep, there's a zipper in there. It's lined, so there's a a few more sort of... uh, advanced sewing techniques so Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be uh, it's a bit meatier bit meatier definitely so how do you guys select your patterns well we choose things that we like the look of mostly things that we haven't sewn before that we've seen that we've not made because we've been so busy and we choose pattern companies that are mainly all indie companies definitely things that we look at and we think We'll wear that. That's quite key, mm. isn't it? Things that we can actually see ourselves yep. wearing. And I think there's a mixture in there, but, you know, we've sort of started off with some quite straightforward, sort of quite well-known mm-hmm. patterns, but I think we'll probably mix it up a little bit along the way. Yeah, and we definitely want to focus in 2024 in wearable like wardrobe staples and so that ourselves, Gemma and I, are actually building our own wardrobe and we're not choosing things that are for special events, mainly for everyday things. And that's what I think that the sewing community uses the most as well. We want to create that capsule wardrobe almost, don't we? Those clothes that we're actually going to put on day in, day out, not just those special occasion things. Yeah, so building a collection. We are, yeah. Your very own capsule collection. Yeah, (laughs) sewing club capsule Capsule collection. collection. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. We would love it if you could join our Facebook group, the Sewing Club Podcast Community, where we can share our makes and tips and tricks along the way. And we have an Instagram as well, which is sewingclub.podcast. We have feedback forms uh, attached to that. You can see our garments in the wild. We post videos there and we love hearing all the feedback. So keep it coming. We'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, review the podcast, all of that helps to get this podcast to as many people as possible till next time till next time